Hi, I'm Jillian. I'm Olivia. I'm Holly, and you're listening to the Be Well Cartel podcast. Your go-to weekly podcast for women who want real, practical advice on food, fitness, and everything in between. And a healthy dose of dad jokes. How exciting. We did the countdown by ourselves today, guys. Every, every time before we start a podcast recording, Jillian normally counts us in. And today we got to do it by ourselves. Yeah, I feel like a big kid. I'm like, wow. I, I know. Feel like I've graduated I feel, or something. I feel like, yeah, I feel like our, our elder sister has like gone out and we're like, yeah. <laughs> but I also feel nervous ourselves. that I may have stuffed up the countdown and the countdown really is just three, two, one. Um, so hopefully. Yeah. And do you know what else? I know that we have screwed up unless you're ready is that I did not prep a dad joke. Did you prep a dad joke? I did not, but I, I actually it. saw I a couple of um, good dad jokes over the week, but I, I didn't save them, but that's okay. No worries. Um, we'll survive. I do have to um, preface this podcast with saying that I should have done this on the last one as well, because it was the same thing that um, we had a very rough night last night. Um, So I'm really existing on a lot of coffee and no sleep. And my brain, the last podcast did not work very well. And so I'm really hoping that my brain is just going to like cooperate slightly with me today so if I have pauses or um forget my words then that's an Alfie that's an Alfie thing I'm so sorry it's called being a human (laughs) yeah we'll be be okay I have to say you look very um alive for someone who's been dealing with is he like five months old now five months five months yesterday which is just wild um yeah, it might be that I have had three coffees um, today and we are coming up to 12 o'clock. So it has been a bit of a, a struggle, but um, <laughs> and it might be that I'm wearing this leopard print um, headband that, and so are you, yeah. which was my inspiration. Yeah. We'll <laughs> take a little, I'm gonna, you know what? We'll take a little screenshot at the end and we'll share it with you guys so you can see yes. Olivia and I in our matching leopard print <laughs> headbands because everyone should be party to that. And you know what? As you were saying, things about Alfie being five months old for some reason I just went oh my god so when I meet him he'll be six months old and then I remember that I'm gonna see you in one month's time I know and I was actually just thinking about this the other day um because the weather is going to be so great for when you come autumn and Korea is so cool because it's so seasonal and the colors are really really amazing and it's just a great temp um so yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm so looking forward to you being here. And we were just talking before we started recording about having like a different work space. Um, and our apartment, um, what we have now is we actually took over the people above us because um, it's a it's a little house that was transformed into like two different apartments. Um, and when Alfie came, we were like, we need more room. So it was just kind of serendipitous that the people were moving out and Alfie was coming. So we just took over. And um, the upstairs space is where Ed and I work, um, but it's going to be your little apartment. And so you ha- just have your own like little like bedroom and little kitchen and bathroom. And I'm just, 
I'm like getting things ready for you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> yay. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. So, and then when I'm there, we can record an in-person one. It'll be so great. So uh, awesome. I'm just psyched. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And today, so today's topic, uh, it came up actually because I was on a trip last week. I went to Colorado, my first Colorado trip. It was very pleasant and very mm. hot. Mm. Um, but yeah, whilst I was there, just talking to quite a few athletes like the friend I was going to visit happens to train with a lot of athletes and the amount of them and of their friends because they were referencing their friends as well who were talking about basically the symptoms of what we're going to talk about today was so high and what we're going to talk about today is low energy availability and the amount of them these pro athletes who were talking about yeah, many of the things were like thyroid things, digestion things, energy things. I was just like, wow. We forget sometimes when we're in our bubble that other people aren't talking about the same topics mm -hmm. that we are talking about. Mm -hmm. And even doing some of the research for today's episode, I was like, man, the misinformation about this is, is pretty rife. Yeah. And I think also is that we kind of just normalize feeling tired and feeling fatigue and the things that come along with low energy availability, like the symptoms that come along with low energy availability. So many women just think that that's part and parcel of what they do or being a woman or um, just kind of like training and stuff like that. And so, so many red flag symptoms of low energy availability just get swept under the rug as just being normal and just isn't this what everybody feels when right. it's just not true and especially when the people around you if you're in like a very active community we see this in like crossfit communities and we see it like, so i was in like a martial arts community like and you also see it in like professional sports team communities when you're in those communities unfortunately given how rife it is a lot of people around you are experiencing the same things and so you're like it must be normal until you find out about this kind of stuff, which we both found out about the hard way from also going through it. And for us, it went so far as to basically be the root cause of hypothalamic amenorrhea. And we both lost our menstrual cycles and stopped ovulating. And there was a whole long recovery process to come back from that. And if we had known about low energy availability all the way back when, we might have been able to notice the signs of that much earlier and take action to rectify that before it got to the point that it did for both of us where we were in deep mm. it was like chronic low energy availability and I think that is a really important point because so many people I mean if people do have kind of like a little bit of understanding around the menstrual cycle and stuff like that it's like well my period is fine and so I'm not in low energy availability and that's one of the biggest things I think um with misunderstanding low energy availability is that you have to have a missing period and that's just not true at all is that you can have really um challenging symptoms of LEA and still have your period yeah and so well, let's start with the definition of yeah. low energy availability and then we can we can touch on red s as well just to differentiate between the two because i think that's where people get mixed up in what you just said right and so if we think about what low energy availability is uh we can think about it as being well energy availability in the first place is basically if we take away the calories we're burning during exercise what is the leftover energy from what we're intaking that our body then has available to use for its stuff 
like it's digestion, it's repair, it's all the things it's doing when you're not paying attention. Um, and low energy availability is basically basically when we're in a state where there's not enough energy available, not enough left over for our body to do its normal functions. And that might be as, as small as recovering from a workout properly, and it might be as big as ovulating. Yeah. And a great analogy that um, can be used here is like the battery of a phone, right? That when it starts to, you know, on your iPhone, when it starts to go low power mode, do you want to click that on? It's like, yes, I do. Um, When the battery life starts to go down, it's the same as with our body that in, in a phone, apps might start to shut down because there's not enough energy in that phone to keep them going. And it's the same with these different systems in our body, like our reproductive system, our skeletal system, um, endocrine system, you know, these kind of things, they will start to shut down um, when low energy availability is lower and lower and lower. Yeah, exactly. And so there are like formulas that you can do to work out what your energy availability is to be honest unless you have like very uh precise data on your like calorie expenditure which most of us who are wearing like apple watches and stuff don't mm-hmm. um it, i wouldn't recommend trying to use those equations to work it out for yourself unless you happen to have like a dietitian or a professional sports coach who's like doing that for you and they have the dexa scan stuff and they have very accurate calorie expenditure otherwise i would actually say for most people looking out for the warning signs is going to be a better um, indicator of low energy availability than trying to work it out with an equation and going, well, I'm above the, you know, arbitrary threshold that people have decided. So I'm fine. Um, Because even on an individual basis, where your body reacts to that sort of deficit of energy is going to be different. Um, And, you know, studies, which is not surprising, um, have shown that like men tend to be able to function better for longer in a state of low energy availability than women so straight off the bat like if we're using an arbitrary number for both sexes it's probably not going to be great um and then you know touching on what olivia mentioned before about some people believing that the missing menstrual cycle needs to be present for us to be in a state of low energy availability we'd actually say that low energy availability is going to be like our root cause um so that's going to come first and then any of the side effects that come after that are going to be consequences thereof. And so one thing that is getting more traction in research these days, which is great, is the red S, so relative energy deficiency in sport or syndrome, or people seem to change what the S is. I prefer syndrome because it can, as we know, happen to people outside of um, professional athletes. And so in red S, we're looking, that's like the renaming of the female triad. Uh, So in that we might see uh, disordered eating and or um, me- missing menstrual cycle um, and bone density reduction yeah. but those are going to be consequences of low energy availability rather than like proof of its presence yeah such an important um, distinction and low energy availability as well can come from it, it being an intentional thing or an unintentional thing so with it being an intentional thing that can come from intentionally restricting, you know, calorie intake or intentionally um, over-exercising and unintentionally it can come from limiting like 
cutting out carbohydrates because that's something that you saw on social media. So you think that that's like a healthy thing to do um, or it could be just, yeah, like lack of knowledge around food and exercise. It could be having gut issues um, and that can be contributing to it and that's kind of happening unintentionally. So um, it comes it comes in various forms. It's not always like a, um, a hard exercise kind of in um calorie restriction thing but it can just come from people pursuing health and what they think is healthy or something yeah and it can also be if people's activity starts to ramp up and they leave their nutrition the same Mm. and so I think like I would be a pretty good example of that in terms of how the process of me being in LEA started because I was eating quite a lot and we've talked about this before um for, for my size, it seemed like it was quite a lot of food. So I was, I was sort of like 2,500 calories a day. Um, but I, you know, I had CrossFit and then I added the jujitsu and then I added the Spartan race. I wasn't changing my energy intake to match the fact that I was adding extra stuff. Uh, and so that for me was what kind of led to it. And then later on when sort of disordered eating stuff kicked in. Yeah, cool. That it beca- always became an intentional thing where I was like, gotta, now I've got to keep these results. Da, 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 da. But the heading into it was definitely accidental. Mm. Um, whereas for you coming into it from more of like that figure um, competition background, more of an intentional thing in order to achieve the kind of physique that you were looking for in that sport. And we do tend to see it present a lot in either sports that are very aesthetic focused. So bodybuilding, dance, gymnastics, even stuff like swim, that kind of thing. Um, or sports that are very weight class focused because people are trying to be as small as they can to get into as low a weight class as they can. I think it's massively up for debate as to whether that makes your performance better or not. Um, We see that in the martial arts circuit a lot. People move up a weight class and they're like, oh, I'm way better Mm. now that I've got a little bit more body fat. And then we also see it in endurance sports just because of how high the volume of training is. But we equally see it in totally normal everyday people who are quite active and just aren't consuming enough to support their activity yeah like mums <laughs> you know like yeah. busy mm. mothers who are just like training they just go to the gym um they can be in a state of low energy availability um perimenopause you know a, a lot of these like normal kind of like women are in this state um and they they're going to doctors and being like what is wrong with me you know um and I think it's also important to mention that, you know, a lot of research that's been done on LEA is on endurance athletes. So just like what you mentioned, and that often just doesn't paint a really great picture for those of us that do, you know, resistance training or like different sports or um, adjust general, you know, fitness enthusiasts or whatever, who don't do a lot of like endurance stuff. Um, So that can be, yeah, that's kind of quite challenging when it comes to understanding more about this stuff, you know, for resistance trained, you know, women and stuff like that. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see more research on sort of like gen pop active populations, Mm. but understandably, like when we're looking at research, we've got to be like, all right, they've got to get funding from somewhere and they can get funding from these big national sporting organizations to do studies on their athletes. So Mm. we've got to take it with a grain of salt, but we can get some good information on 
what the sort of like early warning signs are, what the later signs are. And these signs would apply to anyone. Like these, these aren't, um, these don't change that much based on what sport you're doing or whether you're a professional athlete or not. The signs are going to be pretty similar for most people. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, some like early warning signs are um, some of the things that, that we've got here, waking up during the night. Um, and that's often like a cortisol thing that's going on, right? Um, so if you're waking up in the night or you're having to like pee in the night as well, it's often not to do with hydration, but it's actually to do with um, your cortisol coming up when it's not supposed to. So it's rising like in the middle of the night rather than rising it in the early morning to wake you up. Do you want to speak more to that, Holly? I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that's that's pretty good. Like when we're in that state of low energy availability, basically our cortisol levels can either get chronically elevated or our cortisol curve gets like flipped or it's peaking twice a day, like weird things go on. And that's also where we might see some of that anxiety coming in. Um, the other thing that can cause those night wake-ups is like just your blood glucose, like bottoming out. So your body's like, holy crap, I need fuel because I'm so underfueled that I can't even do my like digestive sleep rebuilding things like save me yeah. uh, so that can happen sometimes um yeah uh, other things that can come up would be like free like frequent bloating after meals like you eat a little bit and then you feel extremely full for a very short amount of time and then you feel hungry again very soon afterwards sometimes that can be bloating or just like feeling very uncomfortable after meals or very gassy sometimes we see like gut dysbiosis like imbalance of gut bacteria that can contribute to that too which can also be lea related reduction in appetite sometimes happens so we start to like not really get hunger cues because which can be partly our cortisol being so elevated all the time when we're in that stress mode our body's like cool fight or flight like I'm not really worried about sitting down to have a meal and again if we're seeing like chronic exercise there when you're like when you exercise a lot you, you know you don't tend to normally be hungry right after exercise and so if you're doing a lot of activity that kicks in too I think one that you've talked about a lot before, Olivia, as well for you was that like in your workouts, noticing a big difference in like power output and also just like motivation mm -hmm. to work out. I think, you, yeah. Do you want to talk to that? Yeah. And I think that this is, um, this is a problem as well, because if you are finding that you are not able to give as much like oomph or juice or you've plateaued um, or you're like, strength training just feels like heavier um you can't kick it up a notch if you're doing like harder kind of anaerobic stuff you have an injury like getting injuries and stuff like that is that you think oh I need to do more like I'm not working out like I need to work harder and then that just like feeds into it even more of thinking that you have to do more um so that can be really really problematic um and that kind of also, you know, what you said about the gut issues, that when we have LEA and um, when we can have these gut issues, like stuff can get into our gut that doesn't, we don't actually want to be there. And we can then think like, oh my gosh, I've got food allergies or I'm gluten intolerant, I'm dairy intolerant. Mm -hmm. um, and then that again like feeds into that cycle of like I need to cut out food something's wrong with me when actually we just need to eat more yeah that one's that one's actually massive Olivia yeah. but basically yeah like our gut gets uh I don't want to call it leaky gut because I feel like it's a bit overdone but like yeah like the the 
cell junctions in our gut just like aren't as tight as they're supposed to be and that also like kind of bumps up inflammatory markers and sometimes then we also see like sort of general puffiness like people feel kind of puffy and they feel like they can't lean out Mm. and it's basically just your body's super inflamed because your gut is kind of like not able to do its thing because it's just chronically undernourished Uh, and again we see people go oh I'm getting puffy I should do more I should go on a uh, like a more intense diet I need to control my macros more and you know in this quest to get leaner and leaner and actually you're kind of yeah again same thing like nutritionally feeding into that same state as well as training that way um, I just uh, just a story with that that is exactly like what happened to me is that I was just I went through a, a period where <laughs> I was doing keto and CrossFit, which is just classic. Um, And so I wasn't eating enough carbohydrates at all. And my body was just like so puffed up. And so I was like doing more training, like trying to eat less. And all I needed was some carbohydrates in my body. And it was just this crazy. And I think about it now and it's just like, wow, like if I only knew then, but I mean, isn't that always the story, but this is just, yeah, it's something that we see all the time. And unfortunately, when you see on Instagram, hormone specialists and like gut health, like um, blah, 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 and like cutting out um, foods to see if you've got an intolerance and all of this stuff, it's like, oh man, it just perpetuates this whole thing. And the basic thing can be just eating some more food and definitely 100% eating more carbohydrates. Yeah. And then I also get a lot of women who are like, oh, but then carbohydrates hold water. So then I'll make it worse. And you're like, oh, like uh, it's going to help. I promise. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I mean, those are just like the early signs. Right. And then if we, if we let it get pretty severe, like into the sort of chronic low energy availability, we start to see sort of like further development of many of those. So we start to see like very frequent insomnia and that might be sleep onset as well. So having trouble falling asleep as well as staying asleep. Mm. Some people it's one or the other. I think both of us suffered quite heavily with both of those. Yeah. yeah. And then that we might at this point get either an irregular menstrual cycle or a missing menstrual cycle. Some people might not, right? So everything we're talking about, you do not have to have all of these to be in a state of low energy availability. You might have completely different combinations to someone else. Your body's going to react differently. Uh, And then we also start to see like, besides just not adapting to training or like plateauing in training, starting to get a lot of like injuries and they might start off as niggly injuries. But if we really get deep into that, like bone density reduction, we might start to see stress fractures um, or full on uh, fractures. If it's, you know, especially if we're doing impact sports like martial arts or running, we get a lot of like shin splint, shin stress fracture kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, that like, and that's, we're getting pretty serious at that point. Um, on the d- digestion side of things, we might get like either really frequent constipation or diarrhea. See that pretty frequently in people with, with LEA. Um, and appetite can go both ways. I've, I've seen it go both ways. And I think you have as well. It's just, it's just like some people have no appetite, like their body just kind of gives up. Uh, they're just in such a chronic state of stress. Um, or the opposite and people feel like they're hungry all the time and even if they eat it's not really satisfying and that's kind of their body like crying out right like a last Mm. rallying call to like please do something Mm. Um, I think there's also quite a few blood markers that people can look at 
those are probably going to be ones like you said olivia a lot of people might go to the doctors and be like what is wrong with me if doctors aren't aware of low energy availability or if your coaches aren't they might not put these markers together with what's going on or with the state of low energy availability i've seen that for example with insulin Mm. um stuff go Mm. on and i'm like yeah and Mm. and thyroid a lot um and i'm like yeah probably we just need to eat some food instead of get thyroid medication yeah um but yeah anything you think i've missed or um and just other things like cognition, you know, like yeah. um, feeling a fuzzy head and feeling foggy and not being able to make decisions. Like um, if we think about being in the gym, like skills being kind of like off or like off balance or just feeling a little bit fumbly, like more falls, like a little bit more clumsy, like mm-hmm. those kind of things um, come into it uh, as well. And like our body just all these systems work together and feed into one another you know so if we're thinking about like training adaptations because there is a lack of sleep we're not getting growth hormone and so we're not um, able to actually build muscle um, and that's where these we go deeper and more in, in circles with this stuff it's like okay I need to train more but then it's like that's actually not working because you're not able to actually repair and recover so this effort is kind of like just going into you becoming more tired um and so these conversations are just like so intricate and like they go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper with all of these systems um working together or against um us yeah and I'm really glad you touched on the cognitive side actually because of course there's also the mental health side of it where yeah we see massive increases in anxiety, yeah. depression, yeah, even like irritability. So even mm-hmm. affecting your like relationships with friends, like family, partners, whatever, um, all of that can come into it. So yeah, I think that's super important to touch on. It's very all encompassing. Yeah. And so if we're thinking about some common things that you and I have seen and people that we've worked with, with LEA um, and even ourselves, um, there's some a lot of similarities right um so I would say a massive one is like skipping meals um and maybe skipping breakfast maybe working out on like an empty stomach um or maybe having like smaller meals to yeah like you've got here save calories for the end of the day when maybe they're coming home feeling stressed and they're wanting to use food kind of like women are kind of like wanting to use food in a way to like de-stress um or also thinking about body composition and thinking that if I eat less then I'm going to be able to lose weight or lose body fat um and so that's a really helpful thing what else you got Holly yeah the other one that I think comes up a lot is just like carbs as we mentioned earlier carbs across the day but also particularly if people are training very hard carbs around um training sessions uh and we see this a lot of people who are training sort of like 90 minutes plus in a session and either aren't fueling before and after or during that or people who are doing multiple training sessions in a day Mm -hmm. and aren't like carving around those so I think that comes up a lot as well and I think yeah basically it's like a, a, an imbalance of like certain macronutrients and then like the spread of energy intake across the day 
in in some way is kind of like the overarching themes that we see yeah definitely so with thinking about um what can we what we can do to help bring us out like if if we're having these symptoms of LEA and we're like oh okay maybe maybe this is me what are some of the things that we can do with that yeah so I mean if it's unintentional and you've worked it out so you've been like oh wow like I didn't realize this was what was happening but I'm I'm having some of these symptoms like I think that's probably me then that side of it to be honest is a bit easier if it's unintentional because you do it's a lot of education like okay I've got to learn about how I should time this stuff experiment with some things probably get guidance from someone like if you've mm-hmm. been in that state um like if you can if you've got access either to a coach or a dietitian or a nutritionist or whatever that'd be great um if not then like the internet is there like there's some decent info out there um so you could get on there and do some self-education as well um and if it's intentional it's probably going to be some psychological uh work that you need to do alongside maybe some education but there'll have to be some sort of body image stuff relationship with food stuff done Mm. to allow you to then do the things that we need and what we need are structured meal times like we need to be eating regularly across the day and that might mean it's a bit less intuitive Mm. for you if you're a very active person you might like intuitive eating you know in its true form might not be the ideal approach for you um we want to be looking at composition of meals like making sure that all our meals are pretty balanced we're especially focusing on carb intake here um and then also structuring your nutrition around your workouts a bit differently and potentially like like nutrition during workouts as well if you're someone who's doing longer training sessions um I would say that that's like a a lot of the main things we'd be looking Mm. to do anything else that you would add um definitely the importance of carbs but also the importance of fats because that they're mm-hmm. so important for um our sex hormones and the production of them right which yeah. is kind of like contributing to all of this stuff so which is kind of annoying because it's like okay so basically like carbs protein and fat <laughs> yes yeah 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 <laughs> but um i think that often it can be that people are restricting carbohydrates but also really restrictive with fats as well and if we're thinking about like women who are kind of like um interested in like working out and stuff like that then maybe it's that protein is always a priority and that's not usually a problem but looking at either are you restricting too many carbohydrates or fats yeah yeah I think we see a lot of women who are coming in eating a lot of protein and vegetables yeah a lot of salad a lot of fiber like when we bring Mm -hmm. fiber down yeah totally yeah exactly uh and then you know you can be doing if you are working through this doing consistent like biofeedback tracking so tracking your sleep tracking your energy during workouts tracking your your workout progress if that's something that you're you know specifically working on um recovery how how you're recovering from workouts tracking your bowel movements Mm -hmm. um tracking like gastric reactions to meals like how is bloating feeling how is your digestive system going with those different foods and you can do blood work as well if you're working with someone if you don't know about blood work things then you know having that just by yourself might not be that helpful but if you are doing stuff with a coach or a dietitian or whatever um you can you know you could be tracking things like luteinizing hormone your other menstrual hormones c-reactive protein blood iron levels cortisol levels and like full 
thyroid panels. I think that T3 is one of the things that mm. we see drop pretty early on in LEA. So you could be doing that as well, like every three months or so. Yeah, but not getting, I think that, um, you know, those, understanding what's going on under the hood is cool, but um, what you are feeling is like, is going to be your main you know source of direction here um totally yeah it's more just like if those give you a, a bit of an anchor especially if you're coming from like the intentional side of things yeah if those can give you a bit of an anchor to be like oh shit it's a bit more real than yeah I want to tell myself that it is yeah I also just want to go back to what you said about you know maybe intuitive eating isn't working for you because I think that that is a really important thing um that um, bringing in more structured nutrition. And I talked about this on a, on a post this week, right? That it's like, that when we're thinking about nutrition, it doesn't just have to be about taking away nutrition or taking away calories for a body composition or whatever, but being really intentional and structured with nutrition for a period of time to actually feel well is actually a really, really helpful thing to do. Like, And to move away from like, intuitive eating is actually a really helpful thing to do yeah yeah particularly like we, we've talked about all the hormonal disruption that's going to go on during this like leptin's massively affected your insulin's affected um all your sex hormones are affected like all these things that normally help you to regulate like normal hunger cues and stuff are also gone and if we're also dealing with high cortisol that's going to set stuff off as well so like trying to go with hunger cues and fullness cues at that time and then if you're dealing with gut stuff and there's the bloating it's, it's just not really going to be the ideal yeah. method of eating at that time. And so often we have to teach ourselves like how to actually eat. And even if we're not hungry to be like, well, I have just actually done this workout. So I'm probably needing fuel. And so I'm just going to eat anyway. Um, so we kind of maybe have to move away from those things like those rules or like that I should be able to listen to my body it's like sometimes we have to relearn how to listen to our body and that means bringing in some structure and boundaries around your food yeah and that you know that can be part of like the sort of gentle nutrition like final stage of intuitive eating but it's just not going to be so gentle uh, at the beginning of this process and maybe that's me transitioning to later Yeah. Um, So all of this is to say is that um, often the things that seem so complicated with our bodies and how we're feeling and low energy and why am I not performing how I want to in the gym and in my life can be from just eating a little bit more food. And we definitely don't want to simplify it like that because obviously there can be so many things that are going on with people that are deeper than that. Um, but we have to start with the basic things first. So understanding yourself, tracking your symptoms um, and thinking about bringing in some of the things that we've just been talking about um, with maybe more structured meals, looking at your carbohydrate intake, your fat intake, um, eating around your training, your workouts, looking at how much movement you're actually doing um, and yeah, going from there. Totally. And I think, what we really want to do with educating people on this is to shift the norm from like how little can I eat and get away with to like how well fueled can I make my body and and our goal with like communicating the fact that this is a, a physiological state versus just a 
like just a calorie deficit, always going to be in a calorie deficit, right? Um, is to try and shift that narrative. Yeah, totally. Awesome, awesome. Holly. Nailed it. And I managed to get through without too many blips. So you did it. <laughs> we, ha- we had a great brain today. <laughs> Yay, brain. Thank you, brain. Thank you, you go. Body. You go, brain. You go, brain. <laughs> or I think it was the headband. Oh, which, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's leopard power. <laughs> leopard power. Um, awesome. Amazing, Holly. Thank you so much. Um, and for everybody listening, if this is helpful for you, then definitely um let us know or if you're feeling like you've got symptoms like this or anything's coming up for you feel free to reach out to us like in the dms on the be well cartel um instagram and we'd love to have a chat with you um otherwise share this with someone who you think might need to have a listen to it if they might be suffering from these symptoms and we'll see you next week peace